It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Presented by IBEW Local Union 43, by Hobby Hill Farms, and by Pathfinder Bank. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. Well, I just said to, to Wacy Hamilton, who joins us here tonight, unfortunately, I've had to say welcome back. It's good to see you back on the ice, as we were also saying, hey, it's great to see you again. He's joined us numerous times over the years on Comets Insider. But I actually want to start out, and I'm going to read Wacy's words back to him, as quoted in an article written by our other guest tonight, Scoop and Rain here with Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch. At this point in the year, we know what our mistakes are, said Assistant Captain Wacy Hamilton who played his second game following an extended absence from a broken foot. We didn't come ready to play. We didn't come with a good effort against a team like Laval. You know you have to work hard, compete on pucks, and be hard on their sticks. And we didn't do any of that. And then Trent Cole followed you up in the post game afterwards, and he basically said the same thing. It's just, just a, it's a tough game after, what, three games three and games four days? Three games and four nights. So... What do you got for us? I mean, all these stupid questions. They won't make that excuse, but, you know, we we fans. We got to ask that stupid question. Yeah, I mean, it's there's not much more to it than, you know, kind of what I said the other night. That We knew we've seen it from Lavelle time and time again this season. They're a hardworking group, and, you know, those kind of teams are, are very tough to play against. They were even missing, you know, most of their higher end skill guys uh, so then they inject some more depth players who just work hard and you know they become even tougher to play against so um, it was just one of those nights we you know we let a power play goal in early and uh, and they score an even strength one a couple of minutes after that and um, floodgates opened up five straight tough tough game yeah yeah I mean like even after the first period it was two nothing after the first period and and we knew in the dressing room that you know we probably needed to get the next goal and um, you know they scored on the power play at the start of the second and and then it just kind of unraveled a little bit from there like I said I I liked our effort in the third period even though the game which was likely out of reach I thought we uh, competed but um, you know, that needs to, that effort needs to be for 60 minutes, not just for 20. That's something we've talked about, though. No matter, no matter what type of game you're dealing with, the, the Comets find, they find at some point during that game, they, they come back, come through as a team and put that effort on. I like that they, that you guys chipped away with the two goals in the third period. That made the, the bad taste in the mouth of watching that not as bad. Well, one of the things we talked about prior to the game was Laval has success yes. uh, on the power play against the Comets. The numbers are and, freakish, and the, actually. So we, we talked about the, the special teams being important. I believe you guys were one for seven on the power play. You had a lot of power play opportunities and only capitalized on one of them. And coming into the game, it was like a 42% clip you guys had scored against them with the, with the extra skater. Yeah, I think both... Their power play against our penalty kill. They were two for four, I believe. That's right. But in the throughout the season, I think they've had a lot of success, but then so have we. Yeah. Um, it's been strange. The, the power play has been a thing between Laval and Utica for the course of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think obviously we'd like to somehow shut down their power play. You know, we do need to do a better job as a penalty killing unit. 
I think uh, what left more of a sour taste in our mouth was our our start to the game, our compete level, stuff like that. Absolutely. Ben? Wacey, I, I know the talk has been a, a better start, uh, I guess, for the last maybe month or so. Uh, how much of a focus, I guess, is that going to be continued, um, you know, going against Rochester this week and then you got uh, two at Charlotte this weekend? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, it is something that we've been talking a lot about, working on, you know, before the game we're making a point to mention it in the room, you know, we got to be ready, can't overlook these guys, whoever it is. Um, and, you know, you just got to trust that everyone's getting themselves ready and, and is going to be ready right off the bat. And, um, you know, these games down the stretch are so important. You want to be gearing up and, and uh, firing on all c- cylinders uh, for this last, you know, month and a half or whatever it is to, to try and get into the playoffs. And, um, you know, we uh, we need to make sure that we're doing the right things and and uh, giving ourselves a chance to do that. Wacy Hamilton here with us, Utica Comets Insider from the 72 Tavern and Grill every Monday, of course, from 7 to 8 on 94.9 K-Rock. Okay, let's step back for a second. The uh, the grilling session is over. You're not under oath anymore. <laughs> on a personal note, uh, how awesome is it to wear those copper jerseys, first of all? That's part one. Part two, how awesome is it to come back after some time away and score on your first shot in your first game back. And you, and want to t- you want to talk about a good start. That was a night, Friday night, when things got off to a very good start. Yes. And your line in particular was just flying all over the place. And that, absolutely. And that had been a trend of, of the team scoring the first goal in the game about three games in a row. And that wasn't a trend prior to that. Yeah. So it was a nice turnaround. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'll start with the jerseys. I mean, <clears throat> they were uh, they were definitely sharp. I mean, I, a number of guys, you know, I'd be I get to the rink early uh, before the game, so I'm kind of in the locker room, getting my sticks ready, just making my gears, uh, making sure my gears all ready to go. And there was probably three or four guys that walked in and saw the jerseys and were like, you know, a little bit. Uh, you keep yours. You know, they 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 didn't know what to say. They were lost for words. Um, you know they're sharp. They uh, they look good, and and it uh, it's kind of nice to be able to piggyback off what the Canucks are doing this year, and sure. and uh, you know kind of sport those jerseys. Uh, the second part of the question, um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, <laughs> when you come back from in- injury, you kind of you you worry about your timing, you worry about uh, your conditioning, stuff like that. Um, so to be able to have a first period like our line did, like you said, we spent the most of uh, or the majority of our shifts in the offensive zone, and you know I was able to score, and uh, it uh, it definitely gave me confidence uh, moving forward throughout the game. The uh, the thing that happened in that game was it just seemed like you poured it on, and you were relentless. Um, it, it was one of the. It was an effort that you'd like to see every night. Obviously, though, it was a sixty-minute effort. There's going to be lapses here and there. Case in point, Saturday, but it's the third game in, in four nights. Um, when you when you talk about Toronto and you talk about Laval, I mean, I really think there is a considerable degree of parity with uh, your opponents, your Torontos and your Lavals. I mean, you got Rochester coming up here. Really, on any given night, one of these teams can get you if you're 
you know, one of the things you were talking about was uh, Laval worked very hard out there hustling, trying to make every play. And I, I flashed on Travis Green, cause, and you were here for a lot of that. Travis coached you guys to do that very thing back yeah. in the day, like really get out there and hustle, work hard, work hard, work hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's more parity when you look at Toronto and Laval in the standings. I think when you look at them as a team, I don't think there's as much parity. I think uh, Laval is more of a blue collar, you know, nose to the grindstone, work you kind of team, forecheck, backcheck. Like, you know, when we're on a rush against Lavelle, it's it's so tough to make a play on a three on two or anything like that because their forwards backcheck so hard. Um, and that's not to say that the Marlies don't. I, I just think that the mindset of Lavelle compared to Toronto is very different. So I think it, it it's tough to compare our games against each of those teams because I think they're very different teams. Is Toronto a little more flash? I think so. I mean, historically, they have been. They always have uh, high-skill, high-profile prospects, uh, veterans, you know, veterans throughout the AHL. They always see Toronto as a a great place to play, and and Toronto pays them well. So it's it's a spot where a lot of the high-scoring veterans land. And, um, you know, I... I sir, I, I'll, I'll agree with you in that our effort was probably better against Toronto, and that shouldn't waver from night to night. But um, you know, I think Lavelle maybe is a little bit tougher team to play against. You mentioned the uh, the goal coming back. Uh, you're playing with uh, Justin Bailey and Cole Lind. Um, Cole Lind had that that nice setup for you. What have you seen from him uh, and the growth of of his game this year? Lindy's had a big year. Um, you know, I think coming into his rookie year last year, it's it's hard to know to really know what to expect. Um, not so much from us, but from it's hard for him to know what to expect from the league and and everything like that. It's it's a hard league to play in, and it's it's a hard league to score in. And um, you know, a, a lot of these guys coming at a junior who are high high profile uh, skilled forwards who put up a lot of points that. You know, I've seen a number of them kind of struggle to find their way or find their game their first year just because it's such a physical, hard-working league and, and the schedule's a grind, the travel's a grind. Um, you know, so for for Cole to come back in his sophomore season and have the year he's, he's had, it, uh, it shows how hard he works over the summer and, and um, you know, how much he believes in himself and, and, and he's having a real nice year. What does a dude got to do to get a call up to Vancouver when the dude's name is Reed Boucher, uh, from your perspective? Be as candid as you want, or you can uh, dance around that. We just sit back as, as fans and guys that cover the team and just marvel at what he has done. And it, other guys have leapfrogged him. Saw, I mean, Zach played last night. Zach had a fight. Uh, but Justin Bailey is the emergency recall, and it wasn't Reed. And I wonder, you, you could never tell from the way he responds in post game or his comments or things like that he's very stoic yeah. very even keeled personality at least what he puts out to the public yeah i mean i personally i feel for bush like he he plays so hard um for a guy who has 30 goals in this league 
you know, I don't know if there's many other guys that play as physical as he does. And, um, you know, he, he plays the game the right way. He, he has a tremendous shot. He has an NHL-level shot. Without a doubt. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know why he's not given more of a chance. Um, I preferred your answer just more as a friend than a teammate, though. That yeah, was, I mean, that's, 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 it sounds to me like they've had discussions, like Jim Benning, there have been discussions up there, but, you know, they're looking at him going, Where does well, he slot in? And then in, a lot of it's a puzzle pieces thing. How does it fit? Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if they go, if they base their call-ups off of, you know, past history, you know, like, Bush has had some chances in the NHL, and obviously he doesn't hasn't produced up there like he does down here. Right. Um, you know, but it's all about timing. You know, the role that Bush would play up there. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that go into it, and and you know, I I don't fully understand it. But if as a friend and a teammate of Bush, who who sees him work as hard as he does every day, it. Uh, you know, I, I wish that he'd get that shot. Yeah, so do we. This is Wacey Hamilton here with us on Utica Comets Insider at 72 Tavern and Grill with 94.9 K-Rock. Go ahead, Ben. I was going to say his playmaking abilities uh, seem to be like uh, underrated almost. Yeah. I mean, you look at that pass from from him to Berchi. And he blew it off and in his postgame. He, he just said he saw him there and he was going to do it. And Trent Cull is raving about it postgame. Like I said to him, that's not a play you see you know, Bush make a lot, and he's like, "That's not a play you see many guys no. or anybody really make at so. any level." Go ahead, answer what you see. Yeah, and w- I guess when you have the goal scoring prowess that that Bush has, sometimes his playmaking ability is overlooked because you not only does he score a lot of goals, but he scores a lot of you know unbelievable goals. Just the way he's able to flat out beat goalies, and I think. I think that kind of overshadows his playmaking ability, you know, to get that puck on his backhand in the corner at a terrible angle and know that Barch is going to be there and he just zips it across. Like, that backhand pass was probably harder than a lot of us could pass on our forehands, you know. So um, I think you're right, Ben. I think his playmaking ability does get overlooked. Presented by IBEW Local Union 43 Hobby Hill Farms and Pathfinder Bank. This is Utica Comets Insider. We are live at the 72 Tavern and Grill where they're serving you sports. It's BOGO Wing Night tonight. We're going to come right back. Scoop will continue our interview with Wacy Hamilton. That's next on 94.9 K-Rock. Utica! It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill for Comets Insider. Now back to two guys who have spent more than a little time in the sin bin. It's Rain Man and Scoop. A whole new rash of penalty minutes. Uh, uh, we got a whole new attitude. What about them? They're not just bullies. What do you mean just bullies? They scare the bejesus out of everybody. <laughs> Deliberately. Comets Insider. On 94.9 K-Rock. Brought to you by Pathfinder Bank, Hobby Hill Farms, and IBEW Local Union 43. Bogo Wings Night at 72 Tavern and Grill, where we are here every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m., doing the show live and on your radio. Uh, You can ask Alexa to enable the K-Rock Utica skill. Open the K-Rock Utica skill. Or as I do, yell at it three times before she does it, whatever we try to. But anyways... Of course, uh, we'll have this podcast. If you missed it, any of our conversation with Wacey Hamilton, going to have it Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, 
all the usual places. The social media links will will hook you up with our podcast as well as we do each and every week. Wacy, I wanted to ask you. I, I, I was interested in how you sized up and sort of gave us a thumbnail sketch of Laval and Toronto. I wanted to get your thoughts on Belleville. By my count, I think they went 17 and 8 over the course of January and February. You guys have had some success against them, but what a loaded team. They've got uh, firepower. They seem to have the full complement of good goaltending. And yeah. I, I'm curious to get your thoughts and, and what it's like to play those guys. They're, uh, they're a very good team. Um, you know, I think they had a little bit slower start to the season. Um, and I then it clicked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they're such a, a young team. Um, you know, obviously Joseph Labate, who used to play right. here, he's in Belleville now. So I, I talked to him a lot, and and he said that he's like the second or third oldest guy on the team, and he's twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. You know, so I think when 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 you have such a young team like that. You know, kind of what I said about Lindy, you know, maybe those guys didn't know what to expect from the league and stuff like that. So I think they maybe had a bit of a slower start, but then something clicked. All their young guys got their feet wet and and uh, they just started rolling. You look at their road road record and I think they've only lost four games in regulation on the road, which is insane. Um, So, I mean, they're... uh, they're going to be a, a tough team to beat uh, down the stretch and, and into playoffs. I think the sign of a good team, you know, you need to be good at home, but almost more importantly, you need to be good on the road to be able to win in playoffs. You know, you can steal a series that way. Um, and, uh, you know, they've they've got a lot of depth. They've got a lot of high, high-end skill forwards, um, good goaltending, and their deep play hard. Um, so... They've kind of got a mixed bag of talent, hard work, and all, and all of that stuff, and, and they'll be tough to beat. Trade deadline, AHL trade deadline was today. Comments didn't make any moves, um, but you guys have talked all year about the, the depth and, and the skill and the talent that you have on this team. Um, at the trade deadline, are you guys watching to see kind of what happens, especially this year you look at you know, Sven's down here and, and Goldobin and, you know, maybe yeah. even Boucher's name came up and there were all sorts of names out there. But how nice is it to, I guess, have, you know, everyone kind of stick here uh, going yeah. forward? Yeah, I mean, it is nice that, you know, that the staff management, that they believe in us, that we can get the job done. Um, you know, you, you don't want to rock the boat too much um, when you're in the position that we're in. So I think, you know, moving forward, it's uh, it's a good opportunity for us. It, it shows us as players that uh, that uh, management has confidence in us, and and uh, you know that should give us as players confidence moving forward as well. If you bring into the fact the fact too that you're getting healthy at the right time. You're a perfect example of that. Uh, Tyler Grayevac back in the lineup. I think David Pope now does stand as the only one who is either not been recalled that's eligible to be here him and Justin but it's just David David Pope who's not now act an active player for this team in the locker room right yeah so I mean it couldn't happen at a better time as the push is on because now we're getting back into it it's going to be three games every week there was a little bit of a, a lighter portion of the schedule for a few weeks in February yeah. 
but now all hands on deck. That helps if guys get a little banged up, like Carter. Like yeah. Carter has some, some nicks and bruises to deal with, yep. so there's somebody else that can step in. Yeah, It's got to be reassuring for you guys as well to know that that's there. Yeah, I think that's kind of, um, it's been one of our team's strengths all year is the depth that we have. Um, you know, we've had a number of injuries, you know, a number of guys go up and down, you know, like every AHL team has. But, um, you know, I think Vancouver, all you know, management, everyone, I think they've done a good job of, of giving this team the depth it needs to kind of weather those storms throughout the regular season and, and still be in a position to get into the playoffs and, and hopefully go on a run. Number 36, centerman on the Utica Comets, Wacey Hamilton is here with us on Utica Comets Insider from the 72 Tavern and Grill with 94.9 K-Rock. Scoops, uh, filtering for some information. Did I stall long enough for you to find well, it? I, I just uh, want to get Wacey's thoughts on the fourth line uh, who have just brought some great en- brought great energy uh, at times and and even if, like, maybe the other three lines aren't getting anything to bounce their way, they come in and they just start stirring it up. Yeah. And, and I think other teams start looking over their shoulders at them because they hit yeah. and uh, they're flying around out there. And I think they're doing good things. 100% they are. You look at that game in Belleville, um, LeBlanc, Malone, and Stevenson, you know, they were they had an unbelievable game. They were you know maybe even our best line that night and and that was such a big game for us i think it got got us off of our little mini skid that we were on and and you know you need those guys to you know bring your team energy when maybe that's something that's lacking and um you know they've done a a great job stevie gets a goal there the other night against uh, laval and um you know they're they're doing a real good job they're playing well defensively responsible defensively and and uh you know giving the team energy uh, on the other side of the puck how about imagine could you imagine jumping back and playing some defense look what stefan leblanc has done we had him on a week or two ago and he was just smiling ear to ear he's very a, a happy guy happy yeah. as a player right now he talks about how it's a little strange and yeah. it was an adjustment and all that but he looks like he's having fun. He was just beaming here last week. And he acclimated, he's acclimated himself well to jumping up. Go ahead. He, uh, I'm not sure if it was his first game at forward this year, but it, was, it, it had to have been one of his first. It was my first game back from my facial injury. We were in Lehigh Valley. Um, I think we had a couple guys go down the night before against Hershey when we played at home. And Blanker came in to the on the fourth line, stepped into the lineup, and I was amazed at how good he was with the puck along the wall in our zone. You know, like his wall work, he just making calm, composed plays. He could feel when a D-man was pinching down on him and to shield the puck and. You know, we kind of rave about that stuff in the in the dressing room, kind of pump his tires about how good he is. Yeah, at it yeah, because, yeah. You know, th- those are little things that are important, especially on a fourth line. You know, you got to be able to to have those intangibles. And and Blanker's done a great job this year. He's in a tough situation with the, how with the number of D men that we have and. Um, he's just been a great soldier, just hopping into the lineup when, when called upon and, and playing hard. You know what my favorite quote when we had him on, Scoop, we talked about this, was he, he talked about how, you know, you, when you're playing on the back line, 
you're expecting a four checker to plaster you into the boards. But yeah, when you're up he front, to be that guy. He, he said, I, I, I was so excited about it. I'm like skating in going, man, I'm going to I'm going to plaster this guy into the boards. Turn about fair play. It was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, he's been it's it's been nice to see him. And yeah, Scoop, you said it best. He was so happy just for the opportunity because there's times and we had asked him about this, you know, getting just get a healthy scratch and you want to be in the lineup. Well, there, here's your opportunity. So you're in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's getting an opportunity, which, you know, it took a while last year for him to start to get those opportunities. Now he's playing on, you know, he's playing on offense, you know, which he probably never imagined would happen. Or maybe it would just be a, a fleeting sort of thing. But he's contributing. He's getting assists. And he's a key part of that line. And it was a key part of that game in Belleville. Uh, let's wrap up our time with Wacey Hamilton here on Utica Comets Insider by just, uh, I just kind of want to ask you, Wacey, you know, you've got your wife's here and the kids are here and you've spent parts of five seasons in, in Utica. Is, six. Is, this, is, is six. this is six now. Yeah. Oh, man, well, has it really been six yeah. already? Well, but how is it here for you? I mean, it's when you're whenever your playing days are done, you're going to sit back. We've I think we've asked you sort of about this before, but there's going to be a lot of memories in Utica, a lot of milestones. I mean, you've raised children, physically living yeah. here. Uh, what are some of your favorite parts of Utica in this community, aside from Comets fans, even beyond that? And just having a, a child named after you. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and yeah, and inspiring a namesake that's going to in here in central New York. Yeah, we've asked him about that before, too. Yeah. Uh, just your, your general overview of all that. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I think, you know, Utica is a blue-collar city that, uh, you know, a lot of salt-of-the-earth people here. And, um, you know, growing up, in western canada i grew up on a farm and you know you just kind of it just kind of gives you the feel of back home a little bit the the weather's similar um you know it's it's just uh it's a great place to to raise a family and and like you said our kids have spent easily the majority of their lives in here you know we go back in the summer but that's only for about four maybe five months and and then we're right back to Utica so it's become our second home and um, you know we've really enjoyed our time here and and uh, it's just such a great hockey community and and uh, for instance my my oldest daughter Romy she goes to the JCC there the preschool and and um, she loves it she she has friends in her class that uh, you know friendships that she cherishes and my wife loves it she loves the teachers and um, so it, uh, it's been a good run here, and uh, you know we'll see what happens in the offseason, but uh, we'd certainly enjoy coming back. I'm pretty sure I speak for Ben, I speak for Scoop, and obviously myself, but you are hands down one of our favorite guys to get a chance to talk to. You know, we always say nice things to where we have. There's no disrespect to anybody, but you're always candid and forthcoming and a big old smile on your face, and we love the time and we appreciate it. So thank you to Wacey. Thank you, guys. Hey guys, any last words for Wacey? Well, thanks for being here. And, you know, he's also <laughs> candid in the post-game remarks a lot of times. If you guys aren't really having your best night, you'll say, eh, I'm really having our best night. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was a, a contrast from Friday to Saturday, obviously. And you told it like it was. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to sugarcoat yeah. it. If, if we need a kick in the butt, yeah. we, we need it. Wacey's always one of the guys that, that I'll go to, uh, obviously as an assistant captain, but also because I know he's got good insight and good leadership qualities that I kind of look for when I'm looking for quotes from good games or bad games. Um, so he's 
been one of the guys that I've go- gone to in the time that I've covered the team. Man. Ways, thanks for always facing the music. We'll come right back with the voice of the Utica Comets, Joe Roberts. You will not believe a television show that he has not seen. That's next on 94.9 K-Rock. Utica. Let's do that hockey. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider grind line with Rain Man the Rocket. Scoop the Cement Head. And play-by-play voice, Joe Cujo Roberts. I still don't know where we got that Cujo thing from. I wonder all the time. I don't know. Joe Roberts is on the phone. He's the voice of the Utica Comets. Uh, Joe, we learned on the Trent Cole show today, which airs over on the Brother Station, a shameless plug for that every Monday from 6 to 7 on ESPN Utica Rome. We learned that you have never seen WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't want to be bullied by, by a couple of longtime radio guys for having not seen that show. So um, let's just be nice to me. I, I'm going to admit that I haven't seen it. Give me a break, and I will. Hopefully by the next time we talk, I will have seen at least a few episodes. I was actually speaking in your defense uh, in the office today because <laughs> saying that you are a young guy, there's plenty of shows to watch. Why would you watch that? We're radio dorks. Of course, that's why we watch something like that. Uh, yeah. There was that show News Radio back in the day. I mean, we watched that. Uh, you know? To be fair, Joe and I are similar age, and I've seen maybe three episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati, so... I'll get his back out. Taken off the air as the number one show back in the 70s because they had such a sweet syndication deal lined up for it. Uh, in all, all baloney aside, Joe, uh, being a radio guy, a broadcaster as you are, you will enjoy it. So let's start with some hockey. Let's ask you a legitimate question. So you're out there and you're, you're watching the game, and it's Laval, and they score five straight, and you're sitting there going, oh, boy. It's one of those nights. It's, it's a tough one for the team, but it's a tough one if you're broadcasting because you want to stay engaged, too. And even Wacey had alluded to, boy, you get there around 5 nothing, you're like, yeah, this one might be out of hand. But then the Comets brought it in the third period, and then you saw Jonah and Dyson grab a goal. So there's at least a couple of positives on the way out of that game that we can talk about. Start there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you, you, you get yourself a situation where you can get scoring from those kind of guys. And obviously, um, anytime Dyson Stevenson can put the puck in the net, it's going to bode well for his confidence and, uh, you know, the way he sort of plugs away. I, I admire his style. He's a tough guy. He sticks up for his teammates. And he's uh, he's sort of doing his best to fill that Vinny Arsenal role uh, with Vinny being out for the year. And um, while he might not be able to score at this level quite like Vinny uh, maybe yet, uh, he's a tough guy. And, and when you can see him put the puck in the back of the net, obviously that's something that, that gives you a reason to be excited. So uh, you root for a guy like Dyson Stevenson. He's a good dude, works his tail off, and uh, you know has earned to stick around Utica this year, no doubt. So and then as far as Gadjevich goes, it's it, a uh, continued sort of – um, development of his game as a whole. He's up to, I think, 13 goals on the season, which I'm not sure um, many people would have would have uh, believed you if you had told me that he was going to have 13 goals by March 1st. So um, I-, I love the way he's played this year. I, I love how the points have sort of followed uh, the way that he's been performing. And but uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it was a bit of a dud, wasn't it? It's so hard those games to call and. Um, you know, you, sometimes you wish there's uh, like a fast forward button somewhere, 
Uh, unfortunately, that does not exist, so we had to sort of ride through it. But, uh, you know, it's, I've said it many times before, that's why you play 76 games. You're going to sort of, uh, I guess, go out there and lay an egg every once in a while. So tough night, but a uh, great chance to bounce back with three more games this week. Joe, I'm uh, I'm curious what you think of uh, how uh, Jake Kiley kind of stepped in and, and uh, did in his kind of re- relief role. I mean, 11, 11 saves on 12 shots, and I think the, uh, the, you know, the confidence builder is that stop on the breakaway when he first comes in. But overall, what were your kind of impressions now that, uh, you know, the team's rolling with two rookie goaltenders? Well, uh, good question. I, I, I think that he made that breakaway save, and I think the goal he gave up was a breakaway as well. Um, and I think it was just one of those nights where those opportunities, one of the goals Mikey gave up was a breakaway too. So I think the opportunities were, um, and you guys can chime in if I'm remembering uh, incorrectly, but I think he did well. You know, I think he was in a situation where, you know, I don't know if he was expecting to play it all that night, but he put himself in a, in a position to be successful. And, um, you know, he, he allowed Utica to uh, think that they still had sort of a puncher's chance in that one. So, I thought he filled in admirably. Um, I hope that whatever the next circumstance is that sees uh, Jay Kiley playing for the Comets, it's more of uh, one that he can have time to sort of thoughtfully prepare for and uh, guys can prepare for as well. But um, I, I think as far as what we saw from him, it's a guy who uh, can obviously perform and, and, and when he's called upon next, which I imagine he has to be at some point in time, right, as the sort of uh, team – waits for Louis Deming and Jacob Markstrom to get uh, healthy. You're sort of waiting for a couple dominoes to fall. But um, I would just say that he's a guy who's going to have to be ready because they're going to call his number again. He's going to have to play again. There's just too much hockey to be played with, with only DiPietro being the guy that gets to go. So um, maybe then uh, that being sort of the first chance for him to see action in the AHL in a relief effort might be the best-case scenario so it's not right off the bat in the start. You know, I, I'm not sure. Joe, uh, coaches talked about and, and Wacey talked about how they weren't happy with their effort their effort out of the gate against Laval. But to my eyes and ears listening to the game, uh, I, I thought at some points they were kind of snake bit. I thought they were getting good pressure and they just didn't get bounces. I mean, after all, we're not talking about a game against Laval where they were outshot. They, they outshot, I believe, in every period and and then you have the second period where they got three straight power plays and couldn't convert a goal there was all those things add up and then suddenly you're five nothing and you still got a great effort in the third period what did you think about those first two periods in terms of them perhaps being a little bit snake bit and just not getting a lucky bounce uh, I think Laval takes away a lot of time and a lot of space to make decisions and play. I think that uh, the shots that were on net towards uh, was it Michael McNiven who got the start uh, weren't as high quality and and um, dangerous as Utica maybe would have wanted. So I think that the shots on goal don't tell the entire story of maybe what was going on in that game. I think Laval does a good job of, of smothering you. Um, they had sort of uh, um, a lineup that didn't boast the most skill that they could trot out on any given night, and they adjusted their game for that. Uh, and I think that because of that, it caused some troubles for Utica. And I think that sometimes, uh, you know, the night before, Reed Boucher had three goals and, and five points, and 
Um, as far as pure goal scorers go, there's not anybody better on the Comets. There might not be anybody better in the league than Reed Boucher, just as far as pure goal scorers go. So um, it, it sort of feels like you were looking for all secondary scoring in that night. Um, and unfortunately, they, um, you know, it, it was just a team that maybe had a tough time uh, generating high-quality chances on an opposing netminder. So maybe they were smothered a little bit. Maybe the shot percentages or, or, or quality of shot wasn't as high as they wanted it to be. Uh, it was just sort of a, a culmination of things. And um, again, Four out of six points against the division, not so bad when you think about it. No reason to press the panic button. Six more points to grab this week. Joe Roberts, the voice of the Utica Comets, here with us on Insider from the 72 Tavern and Grill with 94.9 K-Rock. So, Joe, I asked you to comment about this on pregame as we were leading into opening face-off the other day. But I want to ask you again, because Cody Sievertson, who we also had on in our extended hour-long pregame, well, he gave out one of his three stars to Eric Kawiatek because he designed the Flying Comet jerseys, the copper jerseys, if you will. And we had asked Wacey about them, and it's pretty obvious. The overall reaction is how fantastic they were. But I thought it was maybe a chance to blow up Eric's spot yet again because he just does fantastic work. Uh, no, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. You know what? Hey, he uh, listen. He that guy works. Uh, that guy works pretty hard. He you know, he works very hard. He is. Uh, he, you always see him at his computer after hours, and uh, you know he doesn't work traditional nine to five by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, anything you see in that building, whether it's uh, um, you know a, a sign over the urinal or the jerseys out on the ice, he had his hand on them and. Um, those black and yellow and red jerseys look absolutely spectacular. So congratulations to him. You know, he's an award-winning designer. Um, I hope that he gets recognized the way he should for what he turned down for. Uh, this uh, sort of specialty jersey, this edition um, of a comic jersey. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing them again out on the ice. And, and what I'm really excited to do is to, to find out how much we're going to go for at auction because uh, it's going to be a great night for um, Save of the Day Foundation as well. So a really cool opportunity for those to get um, sort of uh, out into the community and, and to the, for the money to eventually get into good hands. And um, It's going to be great to watch those go up for a bit. Your comedic timing is outstanding. We appreciate you. Joe Roberts, the voice of the Utica Comets, who's off to watch some WKRP in Cincinnati. Scoop's going to bring it back. Comets' Corey Hergott. He'll join us next on Insider with 94.9 K-Rock. These guys have been known to chirp at the refs. Here's Rain Man and Scoop on Comets Insider. Our player guest earlier tonight was Wacey Hamilton. If you missed that, you can catch it later. Our social media links will have that posted at KROCKCNY. On Twitter, of course, and wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Comets Insider, Google, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Joining us now from CanucksArmy.com, Corey Hergott, who covers the Comets. And, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times now that this past weekend we had three games in four nights. And the reality of our Comets season is we've got that pretty much the whole rest of the way. The one weekend we don't. We got three games in three nights. So uh, everybody's going to get tired this time of year. Uh, Corey, we're sort of perplexed. We don't know whether we're going to get the team we saw Friday night or the team we saw Saturday night. The, The world beaters who made us think about those great days back in October or 
the the team that is looking for secondary scoring because there's no Reed Boucher or it's a it's a frustrating thing, Corey. Where where do you see this team going when you've got a, a Belleville up top and and a Rochester in front of you and and then uh, Syracuse nipping at your heels? Well, I I've mentioned this a few times lately, but it, this is. Uh this stretch run, uh, all but five games are against division uh, divisional opponents. It's going to be a really tough go here the rest of the way, and it's going to be uh, a pretty fascinating battle to watch because, uh, you know, the North Division, as you say, it's very, very tight, and these teams are all clawing and battling uh, for position. And uh, as Trent said on, on his show earlier today, you know, some of these teams uh, got some some players, some reinforcements from the uh, trade deadline from their parent clubs. And, you know, those, those teams that are kind of clawing from below might have a little bit better chance of, uh, of you know, clawing their way up. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I don't think the comments are necessarily as, as, uh, as good a, as uh, on a regular basis as we saw against Toronto. And I don't think they're as poor as, as we saw last game either. So it's kind of somewhere in between is where they're going to have to really go and they're really going to have to get the special teams uh, back on track. I think that's usually, uh, as the special teams go, the Comets kind of go. Corey, I'm wondering uh, how you think uh, Mike DiPietro has, has kind of uh, stepped up and, and kind of sees things. Uh, obviously, Saturday was his ninth consecutive start, um, and obviously they you know made a change to kind of maybe spark things. But overall, um, what you've seen from him? Well, I think he's done a nice job of handling, you know, the starter's role. I, I, I don't think many people thought that he would be, uh, you know, the guy taking the reins so early with the team. I mean, if people did, good on them because, uh, you know, when they signed Zane McIntyre, he was kind of a guy that I figured would, uh, you know, be taking the starter's role and, and kind of ease Mikey in. And, and uh, you know, Mikey's done a fantastic job of uh, brushing off a bad goal when one beats him. I, I fully expect him to come back and have an absolute uh, showstopper of a game on Wednesday after, uh, you know, getting yanked in, in his last outing. I think he's got the right personality and the right mental makeup to uh, be able to bounce back from those kinds of games. And I think that's what makes him a, a really good potential starter and a number one, not just at the AHL level, but eventually at the NHL level as well. Drainman Scoop and Ben Burnell. We're serving you sports at the 72 Tavern and Grill and... A nice, big, fat, juicy plate of Utica Comets Insider. We're on the phone with Corey Hergott from Canucks Army. How's the grandbaby, first of all? And uh, we appreciate it when you live-tweet things that we say or that you hear on the show. And the same when you do it with the Trent Call Show. Uh, that's happened a few times. Did we miss anything tonight that we're going to catch up with on Twitter in a few minutes? <laughs> uh, well, first, first of all, my uh, my grandson is uh, fantastic. Uh, Forrest Charles Lemieux, uh, baby's healthy. Uh, my daughter is uh, is healthy. Uh, her fella did a great job uh, as well. So uh, we're all really uh, really happy and really proud. Uh, it's a whole new experience for me on that side of things. It's it's been a long time since uh, you know my my daughter's twenty five years old. So it's it's been a while since I had. Uh, a little baby like that in my hands, so fresh. Uh, so that was quite the experience. Um, I, I did tweet out uh, something that uh, quote from Wacy about uh, how Reed Boucher is, uh, you know, for a guy that scores 30 goals in the league, uh, there aren't too many others doing that and playing as physical a game as he does. No doubt. 
Corey, I wanted to ask you about Louis Domingue, a guy who we could see in a Comets uniform at some point in time. And that game in Columbus, Vancouver gets a lead, Columbus storms back, Domingue in net. Talk about that game, his performance, and really the state of the Canucks right now, you know, with Justin Bailey and Zach there. Well, I think I think it's, uh, you know, I don't know that Louis was really necessarily expecting to be jumping right into games right away up there. Uh, so that might have, uh, you know, getting that start might have been a little bit of a, not a shock for him, but not, might not have been necessarily mentally prepared for that one right away uh, upon arriving so quickly. I think the kind of idea was probably that Thatcher was going to take the ball and run with it. And unfortunately, he uh, stubbed his toe a little bit there. Um you know, these games happen, uh, same as, uh, you know, I expect to see uh, Mikey DiPietro come back with a big game. I, I expect to see the same thing out of either Thatcher or Louie, whoever's in uh, in net for the Canucks next time around. Uh, the situation with the goaltending, I mean, uh, you definitely want to have Jacob Markstrom healthy and ready to go if they're going to try to go on a playoff run. Uh, I don't have any doubt in my mind that Thatcher's going to bounce back. I, we've all seen, uh, we've seen him bounce back from, a you know, the odd bad game before as well down in Utica so he's got the like Mikey DiPietro he's got the right mental makeup to do that I, I think it's uh, it's good that uh, Mikey's getting this chance to run with it down in Utica right now and if they can end up getting Louis Domingue here uh, for a playoff run I think uh, you know the Comets could be a pretty dangerous team if you have that kind of combo in net and you've got firepower that they have up front it could be a, a pretty exciting run this year if they if they can make it in so looking at your Canucks Army recap, Corey, I noticed uh, I was going to ask you about your three stars, but there weren't any in the Lavelle game. <laughs> so I just I just have one quick final question. Please verify that you have seen WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati was a staple in the Hergot household when I was growing up. I was shocked when I heard Joe hadn't seen it, but uh, Joe and I had a quick DM about that. I sent him the outro to it uh, on a YouTube clip, told him to give that a listen and to try to find some episodes somewhere. It's a fantastic show. I loved it. Oh, Corey, we appreciate the time. As always, we'll talk to you very soon and enjoy uh, all the time you get with your grandson. That's Corey Hergot from Canucks Army. Utica Comments Insider with 94.9 K-Rock. Thanks to Ben Burnell Thanks also. Thanks for having me. And we see Hamilton. Last word always goes to Scoop on K-Rock. Go Comets!